and then they saw me in a bra, and that was it. What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You're listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazek. And I've got a squeaky chair. <laughs> yeah, I think mine Oops. is. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Yeah, that's all right. Blazy, you're hey, right in front of me, I man. know. This is awesome. We're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Two Pearl Jam bro bros. <laughs> going to talk about some real sad shit. Yeah, heavy. We're going to get stuff. heavy. Heavy, but beautiful mm-hmm. and transcendent. We will get into all that later. Yeah. So this is episode 98. Last week, if you've been sticking with us week by week, we talked about the Into the Wild soundtrack. And from the perspective of two people that have never seen the movie, mm-hmm. which we hadn't. So we decided uh, we got so much feedback from you guys about this episode, which actually kind of shocked us. I mean, we knew there were fans and people loved the stuff or yeah. whatever, but I didn't expect to get that many. Right immediate (laughs) it usually takes a few days for you know people to listen to an episode kind of think about it write something back in but i feel like we were getting some emails right away yeah like definitely even to the point of i just saw the title of what the episode is haven't listened to it yet (laughs) but i'm psyched (laughs) kind of kind of thing so what we decided to do is that since brad was popping through town i can't believe this all it worked out so great worked out so well yeah. but uh, his daughter amanda is going to join us a little bit later to actually yep. talk about the movie because <laughs> she's waving yeah, from she's the waving <laughs> from the control room because it's gonna we're gonna gotta juxtapose hopefully uh her experience having read the book and at least seeing most of the movie yeah i think she, us, not I think she saw it in school right and they didn't finish it yeah. And there's a couple scenes I'm kind of glad maybe she didn't see in school. Really? Yeah, I mean there's there's some adult, there's some nudity. Oh, there's come some on, man. Full frontal on on old Chris floating down the the river. I don't remember that. Oh, That's well, funny. I saw it. Oh, yeah, Loud you did. and clear. <laughs> uh <laughs> Never mind. I had so many like comebacks for that that I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Um, Maybe it's um, telling that I'm the only one that noticed that. Probably. Because she probably didn't even realize it either. She didn't. She's shaking her head. Hey, will you do me a favor and unplug her headphones so that it's not coming out of there? Oh, yeah. Is it this one? All right. So if you are joining us for the first time, we are an all Pearl Jam podcast. We've talked about all the records. We've talked about live shows we just try and dive into anything pearl jam related and sometimes that means like we've done chris cornell episodes in the past because of their tight relationship and yeah we kind of try and go as many places we can Mm -hmm. but staying within the kind of the bounds of pearl jam right we did do a metallica show episode once it's true and i don't think that'll ever happen again didn't go over so well no it didn't it's all right man yeah that was a B and B. Yeah, we just episode. released it on the wrong day, guys. Yeah. Get off our backs. Right. Yeah. So should we just get into emails? Sure. Let's All do right, it. Let's do it. I think I'm starting this week. Yep. And I recognize this name. Mm-hmm. We've got Tom. Tom Leahy. He says, "Hola, amigos. A few thoughts on Into the Wild. 
so far as the movie goes, I have a complicated relationship with Into the Wild. The scale tips towards this. Although I've only seen the movie once, I've probably thought about it at least once a week ever since I saw it in the theaters in 2007. Now that I've seen it, it makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there aren't many movies or books or albums that I contemplate so frequently. I think the reason I often reflect on it is that Chris McCandless's story uniquely represents the way a vibrant life and the risk of losing it can live so closely together. That's something I think most of us know something about intuitively, one way or another, because of our own lifestyle or that of someone we know, but that we don't talk about it out loud very much. And because that's the case, we don't really come to terms with the fear of losing someone we love as they pursue doing something they love. We want them to live safely, but don't easily take responsibility for what life they aren't living when they're reassuring us that we don't lose them unexpectedly. It's hard to find firm ground on that spectrum. I think you can hear that tension explored in a lot of Ed's compositions, especially from Yield On. Or you can see the tension of it in his death-defying stage behavior during early tours. That's a very good point. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did this episode. Despite your reservations going into it, your discussion revealed how the soundtrack lives significantly in the larger story of Pearl Jam's music. Best, Tom. Yeah, man. I I don't want to get too much into his email because I feel like (laughs) a lot of that is going to come up later when we talk about it. But well, we I think just the fact that after watching the movie, it totally clicks that Eddie would be involved with this project. And right. that he would relate to Chris on the level that he does. Absolutely. So, which is, again, we'll save it, but which is why he ended up, now that I've seen the movie, not only do I love him and he's a great songwriter anyway, but he he was really kind of perfect for this film. Right. Definitely. Thanks again, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Michelle Hoffman writes in, Good day, Brads. Uh, thanks for. <laughs> thanks for. Thanks for another great show. I may I may have nodded off a few times, only when music was playing. This record is a snoozerama. Uh, I feel bad as I love Pearl Jam so much. Am I not a true fan? Anywho, thanks again. Cheers, Michelle Dubbo Australia. As I said last episode, I was in the boat with you, Michelle. Yeah. I wonder if Michelle's seen the movie. I wonder. Well, <clears throat> and for me, though, yes, the movie has solidified the change in feelings yes. I have about this music. Yeah. But it was, I don't know what it was about this time around, yeah. given another try that it really worked for me. Yeah. So maybe your time will come, Michelle. Yeah. And guess and what? If you're not into it, it's does, fucking cool, yeah, man. Yeah, doesn't mean you're not a true fan. <laughs> no, right. That's That doesn't work that way. Because I, 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 you know... Uh, up until today, I was not a huge fan of the soundtrack either. Sure. So yeah, I think minds are being changed. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, here we go. Bradline's gonna fuck up some pronunciation here. <laughs> Got a friend from Spain writing in. It says hello, my friends. My name is Francesc. I'm gonna go with that for the first name. Mm-hmm. Guillemon. I'm going to go with that, too. That might have sounded a little too French. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Gila. Now, now he has made a request and <laughs> parenthetical statement here. Try to say it, Blaze. Mm-hmm. I've been trying since we got it. And I, I will say, I said at first I thought it was Francesca. And you were like, there's no A. Right. So it's Fran, French. F- Francesque. Maybe. Fran- I don't, Maybe yeah, I don't just, know if the C, that first C is. A, uh, why are we? Why Both of us are like fixated on it being french like because this is like french francesque 
Right. Would, yeah, I don't to know. To me, that would be French. Anyway, uh, he's gu- from Barcelona. Gula- Gulamon? There you go. Gu- Gula. Gu- you went Gula. Guillemon. It's Guillemon. It's got to be Guy. Guy. Yeah. Guy? Guy? There goes the new nickname. Gu- What's yeah. up, Guy? Gu- what up, Guy? Gu- oh, you like Guy? Gu- Guy. Gu- okay. Yeah. Well, we'll find out real quick, I'm sure, by email whether or not he hates that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. First of all, I want to apologize for my mistakes in writing. I'm not very good at English. It's fine. Dude. I'm not very good at reading, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I've read this email. He, Dude, you are gee, gee, you are way better at English than I am at Spanish. And if you didn't I mention... I will back this up. If you didn't mention... You're probably better at English than he is at English. <laughs> well, uh, you're better at English than a lot of native English speakers. So if he yeah. didn't say yeah, that I part, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have known. Let's see here. Oh, okay. I'm not very good at English, but since I started listening to this podcast and after almost 100 episodes, you are considered my teachers and no joke, I've improved a lot. The funny thing is that now I can't talk without using your quotes like lions. God. <laughs> I know. I'm trying so hard not to do it. Like lions. Does it make sense? <laughs> Your usual no shit fucks and my, my favorite when Kate said once, holy macaroni. <laughs> I just wanted to say that right now I just finished listening to all the episodes from the beginning to the end. In huge coincidence, I'm riding inside a plane after I finished your Into the Wild episode. Guess where I'm going? To Florence to see my first Eddie Vedder solo show. I'm so happy because I'll see him tomorrow and again in Barcelona next week. Even if it's not Pearl Jam at all, I just love Eddie's solo singing as much as it was the whole band. I started listening to them uh, on the Avocado album and then came into the wild. For me, it was the first new surprise, and I listened to it a thousand times. Love the movie as well. I always say that it is one of my favorites. Don't want to make any spoiler, but one of the cathartic moments during Christopher McCandless's journey is when appears the sentence, happiness is only real when it is shared. I can't agree more with that, as this is what we are all doing, spending hours and hours talking about songs. It would be enough by listening to them, but as human subjects, we need to share the feelings we get through the melodies. The point is that the musical culture in Spain is really, really bad. With all the... What is that? Reggaeton? What is that? I've never heard of that I before. think it's just... I think type it's... Type of reggae? Yeah. Like electronic reggae I, or I something? I think so, Yeah. Interesting. I need to check that out. All right. Uh, no, not according to Guy. Oh, yeah. I guess we're ready to find out. <laughs> he doesn't like it. Uh, with all the reggaeton and stuff like that. The music is one of the most important things in my life. I have my own band, but I don't really know uh, many people to talk and share these feelings in that level you do on the show. So here you are. Only by listening to the podcast, I'm satisfied. Thank you very much again. And now that I've caught up to all the episodes, I'll keep writing if you like. Yes, please, of mm-hmm. course. See you, Pearl Jam nerds. I'm going to see Eddie tomorrow. You who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. That's kick ass. Yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know. Not to get too meta, but to think that what we're doing, just talking and recording, that this is going out all over the world. And there's some dude in Spain. I try not to think about it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that we're teaching somebody English. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. Thanks so much for yeah, writing. Thank in. You, I appreciate Guy. it, man. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank again. you, Frances Guillemon. Yes, Guillemon. All right, Brad Harris. 
Brad, Brad, and Brad. That's right. Hey, Brads. Another quality episode, lads. couple of quick points. Glad to hear you both enjoy digging deeper into Ed's solo stuff. I think The Wolf reminds me a lot of Ark. I, th- I, I do, too. Yep. And I, I don't – I meant to bring that up, but I don't know. It didn't come up in that episode, but – uh, one of the most hauntingly beautiful performances I've experienced was Ed performing Ark in his solo show a few years ago. Every light in the theater went off, and then it began. Seriously, wow. Ed was using the looper like a boss years before these hipsters started using them. <laughs> uh, Ed's solo shows are something else. We sat in the back of the theater, yet we felt like we were sitting in the same lounge room. His solo shows are something all Pearl Jam fans need to experience. I, I think that's true. Have you ever seen him I haven't. solo? Mm-mm. I haven't either. I want to, but now. I, do, I do. Especially I mean, now. I wanted to before, but it, right, really but now it like yeah, it, right. it seems like it would be pretty cool because I'm sure he plays a, a few, if not a bunch of these songs. I would think so. Um, on the Foo Fighters discussion, I completely agree and disagree with you, Blazy. They don't compare to Pearl Jam, but who does? Always an unfair comparison. I'm a big fan of some of the Foo catalog. But much of it is a bit pedestrian. If you haven't already, you need to watch the Sound City and the Back and Forth documentaries. Then listen to their Wasting Light album. I think it's brilliant. The albums before and after Wasting Light aren't in the same ballpark, unfortunately, in my opinion. But that one is a cracking record. Up there with the first two Foo records. Keep up the good work. Really appreciate all the hard work you both invest into the show. Brad Harris, Adelaide, Australia. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, I forgot to say good day, Brad. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank God you remembered. <laughs> uh, I do have something to say that I wanted to make a, kind of a, I don't know if correction is the right word, for something I said w- when this topic came up last episode, um, which is that I am a huge Foo Fighters fan. Mm. And what I was trying to say last time was that – I. I ended up coming across more like, well, Foo Fighters don't get political and da da da, which is fucking not true. Mm. <laughs> like they've done tons of stuff for like rock the vote type stuff. Yeah, um, they're very active and all that. I think what I was trying to get at with between the two of them, and I, I was able to kind of put it together after I heard what I said, like in editing or whatever, which is just that the Foo Fighters have a lot more levity and kind of it's. It's heavy music, it's kick-ass music, it's aggressive music, but their tie-in with just humor and satire and poking fun at things through their videos and not taking themselves too seriously, especially in the beginning, and especially when you know Taylor came on board and mm-hmm. they were like best friends. I yeah. loved it when I would see that on MTV, you know, like when Dave and Taylor would take over hosting duties right. or something like yeah. that, you know? That's what I meant by it. They both have voices. They both have political leanings. They're both open about it. They just completely approach those things in different ways. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to get across. Because I would have been a little, as a Foo Fighters fan, the way I said what I said, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-mm, that's not what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, so I just wanted to make a correction. Have you seen Sound City? Oh, yeah. Have I you own, seen, I you've seen the... The Back and Forth documentary, also. That's like the. I actually have not watched that. Really? It's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, I want it's to. It's really, really good. Yeah. It's up there with PJ20. I think there was just this period of time where, for me, I felt a little in, inundated around that time with yeah. the Foo Fighters. Yeah. There's just a lot going on with them. Yeah. And 
I don't know. So I have things that are on my list that I need to go back to. Yeah, it's good. That's one of them. It's a real good, you know, history of the band type documentary. Right. Well, thanks again, Brad. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you again. Yep. Thanks, bud. Uh, We've got our friend Christy Borgman. She loves Into the Wild she does. by her subject, <laughs> yeah. with the hearts. Yes. Hey, Brad's listening to the Into the Wild episode. I've been wondering if you're going to cover this. I love this album and movie. I saw the movie and was so moved that I drove out to Salvation Mountain and Slab City to see where part of it was filmed. Leonard Knight, the artist who built Salvation Mountain, has since passed, but he was there the day I drove out the first time, and he was so kind. He welcomed me and told me to stay as long as I wanted to take photos. I've been back several times over the years and have even helped to mix Adobe and Paint on their volunteer days. It doesn't play a big part in the movie, but I loved the scene. Brads, please see the movie. Done. (laughs) Seeing the images on the big screen with Eddie's music was very moving, though I'm sure it would be uh, still be great on TV or laptop. I heard a bunch of these songs uh, live on Eddie's solo tour in April of 2008 when he played the Wiltern in L.A. I got to meet him outside the venue after one of the shows. He was nice enough to stop mm. for a bunch of us who were waiting mm. and signed my poster from the event. Oh, Christy. <laughs> I know, right? That's <laughs> awesome. My favorite song on the album is Guaranteed. It has some of my favorite lyrics ever written. So good, man. And I loved the Humming Virgin at the beginning of the movie. That was great. I was wondering when they would use the Humming Virgin. Uh, let's see. And if you guys are wondering, I have not cut in Brad singing. He's singing while I'm talking. But I'm going to continue out of respect for Christy, who took the time to write our email, or her email to us. Um, it has some of my favorite lyrics ever written. Wind in my hair, I feel part of everywhere. Underneath my being is a road that disappeared. Late at night, I hear the trees. They're singing with the dead overhead. Leave it to me as I find a way to be. Consider me a satellite for forever orbiting. I knew all the rules, but the rules did not know me. Guaranteed. I like he got into the character's brain, and that's maybe why I love it so much. Really, all the songs. He is writing from the perspective of the character, and it just accompanies the movie so well. In my earlier years, I felt like doing a similar thing. Off-grid and wilderness, but not Alaska. That Chris did, but I never had the guts to do it. R.I.P. Christopher McCandless. Cheers, Christy. Uh, she did say, P.S. I dug the format. I like hearing the full songs with commentary after each. Awesome. We might do that again sometime. Yeah, I liked it. She also included the picture of the signed poster. Yes. Which is pretty pretty cool. It's a cool poster. Hell yeah, it is. So. Thanks for the email, Christy. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Last one. All right. Jeff Keller. Yeah, man. Hello again, Brad's. I was very happily surprised that you decided to cover this record. Didn't think it was going to happen. And I was equally as happy to hear that Brad Lyons now really likes it. I would highly recommend reading the book and watching the movie and then go listen to the soundtrack again. It will give you a better perspective for these songs. I read somewhere that Ed took the movie with him and basically wrote this music over a weekend. To me, that's the definition of talent. I totally want to read the book now. Yeah, I do too. Because you know every book is way more detailed yep. you know so i'm like yeah i gotta see this i mean i gotta read this um i saw eddie vetter at the pilgrim pilgrimage festival in franklin tennessee a couple of years ago and he performed several of these songs they sounded really good live he closed with big uh big hard sun and it turned into a big sing-along at the end 
As the large crowd was streaming out of the venue very slowly, a lot of people were still singing the chorus. It was pretty cool. That would that would be cool. Yeah. Like he's he's done, he's gone, and people are still singing. Right. Um, so thanks again for doing this episode and for doing the podcast. I'm sure that my fellow listeners would agree that this is greatly enjoyed and appreciated. Um, and he uh, also another another, another yeah the same yeah. yeah I knew all the rules but the rules did not know me guaranteed peace. Jeff K. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. Thank you Thanks, Jeff. for the kind words. It's good to hear the, see that name up on the email mm-hmm. again. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we're kind of chomping at the bit to not yeah. talk about the movie. Right. So let's just, just try to kinda, save it for this next section. So we're going to be right back. We're going to get Amanda in the room with us, and then we're going to talk about the movie. Cool? Love it. All right. Let's get into this week's topic, episode 98, commentary on Into the Wild. And we've got our guest this week, Amanda. Hello. The daughter of the yes. blazer. Well, uh, we should uh, we should say we're together. We're yeah, live. we're all live in the same room together. Yeah. yeah. And nice it's actually vibe. the first time that me and uh-huh. Brad Lyons have actually yeah. met in person. But we were hanging out in the backyard last night at my place after yeah. you guys came back from the show, and it kind of hit me. You know, I said, hey. We talked like we had talked a thousand times before, mm-hmm. and I realized we've never met in person yeah. before, yeah. so this is pretty cool. Yeah. So one of the things we wanted to do this week was we got a lot of reaction from doing the soundtrack episode last week, and Brad and I had never seen the film before, so we decided maybe it'd be a good idea for us to watch it since we were going to be together and kind of see how that reshapes our idea of the soundtrack on its own with no context of the movie. And Amanda had already read the book correct mm, yes Fancy. which i've also not done and seen at least some of the movie yeah. before right so yeah. for you it was like a second viewing yeah. and for us we're just now taking First. it in so yeah. we're going to kind of cut with the bullshit this is going to be a little bit different of an episode because we won't have tons of drops or we're just trying to catch this while it's fresh right i'll start with you how did you feel watching it for the first time uh man it was heavy heavier yeah. than i thought There's... good movie heavy or bum you out heavy? no g- good Good movie. Um, I think the biggest misconception I had about the movie was that I thought it was going to be like um, Castaway, where you get like you get his parents and his sister maybe for five minutes in the beginning, then it's all him like out in the Alaskan wildlife, and then you know um, that's it. But there was a lot more going on with the family story and the people he met. And, you know, just I I really like the movie, though, a lot. Me, too. Yeah. Well, how was it for you having read the book, being away from it for a while? Yeah. What it was, was it like? A lot of it was new to me. And it but there were some parts that I had been waiting for it to happen. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not ready. It's, it's coming. Right. And so it still was emotional. Like, I'm emotional for everything. But I was like, it's, it's coming. Yeah. It's, it's sad. Well, and that was the interesting thing is that I just knew like a basic idea of the plot. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, I didn't realize that. I thought this was fiction. Mm -hmm. I thought this was, I did not realize this was a true story. And I really like at the ending where they have the actual picture of him and it says like it's undeveloped. Right. Like they found it on his camera. So he's never actually seen that photo. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it's weird that, you know, we're seeing this photo and he hasn't seen it and he never will. That's, yeah, that's there's crazy. just so many. I mean, th- this movie, to me anyway, from first watch, just we just got done watching it like 30 minutes ago, right. took a little break. Um, 
it's like hitting existentialism from every fucking direction that almost mm-hmm. seems like, you know what I mean? Yeah. From different, you know, from his parents' perspective in a way, for obviously from his perspective, the other characters that are in the, the film that he meets along the way, because like you, I was watching the opening sequence with all with Vince Vaughn and like right. just all William Hurt and mm-hmm. like huge actresses Hal and actors. Holbrook. Yeah, man. And uh, Jenna Malone. I had no idea she was in it. Kristen Stewart. Like, man. Like, yeah. You see that and you're like, oh, this is this is going to be a different kind of movie than I than I thought. Like I just said. Right. When we looked and it was two and a half hours long. Yeah, was, and I was yeah. like, what? Like, and then I saw all those names. I was like, okay, okay, this makes yeah. much more sense. Yeah. They're going to dig into like some of the people that were maybe yeah. he crossed paths with along this way in a meaningful way. Right. You know, I'm sure that he met tons of well, people again, that he like, could have written about. I, I, just, I thought it was literally like, okay, I'm done with society. I'm going to Alaska. And, you know, we know. Right. Uh, hopefully people have seen the movie and we're not spoiling it, but he, he dies in the end. So I figured that's that's all it was. It's yeah, like, how old this movie? How old is it? This movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know. 2010? Two thousand eight. Limitations. On okay. <laughs> but that's what I figured it was. That was it. So to it was pretty cool to see that. No, he 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 did a lot more traveling than just going yeah. straight to Alaska. Yeah. You know, and he met a lot of different types of people. So before we get into maybe more directly about the way we feel about the music now, having seen the movie, what are some of the things that stood out to you the most, I guess? I guess the biggest thing is like listening to the soundtrack is just one little puzzle piece. Right. Watching the movie, you get the whole sense of the picture, the puzzle put together. And it really makes a difference with listening to those songs. Um, Because you do get the context. Sure. Of what's happening. And some of the songs that I didn't like, I was like, oh, like uh, No Ceiling fits perfectly mm-hmm. in that scene. Where just listening to it, you know, over the years, it's just like, I don't really like this song that much. Hmm. But then watching it in that scene. And I found that that happened a, f- a few times. Yeah. It's funny. For me, <clears throat> the music was very, I, guess, I mean, to go ahead and jump into it, I guess, like... The ones that I felt like, I, I, there was no song on that record that I hate or don't like mm-hmm. or whatever. But some that I was kind of like, okay, it's cool, but it's yeah. not really my bag. This is not one that I'm going to like pull up to listen to necessarily. Mm-hmm. Those were the ones that kind of like stood out the most to me in a positive way. Yeah. Like The Wolf. Um, and what was the other one? Oh, the he's on Nuke. It's just him. Oh, what's it called? Is it the Rise? I'm so bad with song names. Rise. Um, you know what? Hold on, I got my notes. Is it's Rise? Yeah. Yep. Those. That was like two of my favorite musical moments right. in the whole thing, and those were two of the songs that when we did the breakdown of just you know the music, I was like, yeah, eh, okay. But they made so much more sense in the movie. Yeah. The which only, the, knew that was going to happen. Yeah. To some of the songs. Yeah. But. No, but I was surprised at how how well they did fit in to the movie. Another thing about the music in general, like. To me, Into the Wild, whenever I think of this movie or pops up on TV, to me, it's the Eddie Vedder music movie. Mm-hmm. Now, he's all over this movie, but he's not 100%. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other music going on. And it all, whoever 
kind of quote unquote produced all the music mm-hmm. between the score, Eddie's songs, anything else that they put together, did a really good job of matching through music what you're seeing on the screen, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Because I know this probably sounds weird, but I'm very for some reason I'm not a very, I guess, visual person or I don't think of myself in that way just in day-to-day life, but for some reason with music, I kind of, I, sounds, the only way to know to say it is like, I see a lot, right? It's <laughs> right. kind of like, um, music is very visual to me. Yeah. And when I, over the years, when I thought of Eddie, he goes from, you first hear him with like 10 or whatever, and you think he's that. Yeah. And then Versus comes out, and it's like, oh, oh. Like, and for me, it was like, I loved 10 Eddie, mm-hmm. but I fucking am madly in love with <laughs> right. versus Eddie. And yeah. then you, you know, you get into Vitology and it changes and he gets what I think of is like, you can hear, I feel like you hear him changing as a person, mm-hmm. right? With how he, how he writes, how he sings, the way yeah. he emotes, the way he reacts to things now. I mean, you think of someone like Eddie Vedder as being a very politically open person right he doesn't shy away from those conversations in any way and you think you could easily make the argument people you know our age his age i would think definitely amanda's age too even that whatever quote-unquote side you're on this is like a super weird time (laughs) to be alive you know what i mean yeah and and he's relatively quiet now right you would think this is the time when eddie would just be jumping up and down and you know fucking like hey everybody Mm -hmm. Um, and he's relatively, he's not silent, but he's, you know, he's pretty laid back about it. He's not it, as seems. outspoken as he was or would have been in the early right. 90s. But I've always come to this point where I feel like Eddie is a super hippie, mm-hmm. right? And I mean that in a good way. Yeah. And visually, I hear his voice as being extremely, like, raw and organic. And I do, like, it's textured to me. <laughs> this is the part that sounds weird. Yeah. But it makes sense to me like uh, like tree bark. Does that make sense? Like that really rough kind of yeah. texture to yeah, it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there's beauty to it as well. It's yeah. not all just rough. But that's the difference between him vocally and most other male singers that are out there. There's that like really tense... Uh, it sounds aggressive and fragile at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To me, it's that rough texture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I think of someone like, uh, you know, maybe like Chris Cornell in the later Soundgarden years or through his solo work. He's such a, he can definitely get raspy and crazy mm-hmm. or whatever, but I feel like his kind of natural singing voice as he matured actually cleaned up a lot. Yeah, And it's true. very smooth and like... Yeah, it's very smooth. Yeah. That's how I see Chris Cornell's voice. And Eddie has always been that kind of nature mm-hmm. And so hearing him in those songs put against that visual of mountain ranges and woods and no human-made thing really to right. be seen for large periods of time other than these things that he's carried with him, it just matched so perfectly yeah. to me. Well, you made it better. Getting back to you said Eddie is hippie Eddie. Yeah. There was a point, um, I think it's the Hal Holbrook character picks him up in a pickup truck. Someone's someone's got a pickup truck. And I've immediately thought of This is the guy that dropped him off and gave him the boots and said if you make yeah, it back out, call me. Yeah. yeah. But um it immediately th- made me think of Eddie 
disappearing in his pickup truck mm-hmm. during is it was it versus yep um and being gone for like a week and nobody knew where he was and i'm like that's why he identifies so much with this yeah. movie and these songs you know because he's he if anyone was going to go out to alaska and get away from society it's eddie yeah you know I just I I I don't know I just feel after watching the movie especially that he I probably identifies with Chris McCandless like a, which a made lot. it even better for him to yeah. write the music yeah. yeah for sure yep it's cool that you made that point because I was like what made Eddie want to do all these songs I think that you had pointed out that he had written these songs in the past but he kind of put them all together for this movie but. I know. I was saying that he didn't do that. Oh, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Because some people, when they come into this, like, they'll have, and maybe he did a little bit, but I don't think anything was completed songs that he said, oh, this would fit for this. Yeah, Yeah, that's, I was kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I I think he did actually kind of go in and it sounds like, quote unquote, from scratch, Mm -hmm. whatever that really means. You know, it was for the movie. Yeah. But it's cool that there was actually a connection instead of just like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'll do a movie. Yes, exactly. Because it becomes formulaic and yeah, and the whole. I mean, you think about Sean Penn directing it, right? Mm-hmm. And all of that. Um, it was all the right moves, like all mm-hmm. the right choices were made. It seems yeah. like, and I understand this isn't necessarily. I don't know where this fits into you know movie history as yeah. far as like how it'll stand up mm-hmm. um, over a long period of time. But I was kind of shocked at. I wasn't shocked that it was a good movie. I was. Sh- I did not expect it to go so in depth. deep, yeah, me psychologically either. and culturally, and the the levels that they went to with that right. is what surprised me the yeah. most about. The I movie. mean, super detailed about the different times that he traveled, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and some of the people he met. Well, a lot of times too, these movies where they time jump, you know, yeah. can it, that's. That can be a really hard thing to pull off, and not everyone pulls it off. But mm-hmm. I never felt lost. Yeah. With like, oh, where is he? When is he now? I did or, one one time towards the end where he was like poisoned, and the, oh, and then they went back to the and then he's at Hal Yeah, he's yeah. in the house getting yeah. clothes out of the dryer. I'm like, did he? Right. Did he make it out? No, you're maybe right. that was on purpose. That like, messed with me for a minute. Yeah, too, but besides but. that, it was it was good. The only other like. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and like I'm not a filmmaker, but like the song "Society," I think that would have been cool if they played it in the scene where he comes back to society. Completely and, disagree. Really? Oh wait, in the when he means he's he like walking back. through the streets. He's like he goes to the uh, mission. Oh, when he's, he's like in L.A. Get, or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like that would have been a cool point gotcha. for that song to play over that scene. Yeah. Because they play it right after that when he's back. But it also works as he's thinking about being back in L.A. Right. And saying, like, society, you're crazy. Well, isn't so, that what he and Vince Vaughn were yelling drunkenly in that bar? Yeah. Like, in the scene, you know, 10 minutes before right. or 30 minutes before. Um, Vince Vaughn. Yeah. What? Why do you get arrested? That I didn't. Oh yeah, what were yeah, the black boxes? Just, what were those? I don't know. <laughs> I, I was like, man, I must have like started thinking about something yeah. during. Yeah, that. was he stealing cable? Because they said something about free satellites. Nah, man, you don't get jacked like that I, for stealing cable. I, I'm just saying, like, 
That's the only thing I could think of because they I mean, mentioned something about uh, free satellite dishes. Oh, so the black boxes were probably he was probably selling them to people like black market kind of shit. Maybe, man, that's where my mind went trying to, f- to unlock that. Like, well, guess what? It doesn't matter. I thought jail. they were coming to get Chris. Like yeah, they me too. Figured I thought out. the parents yeah. had raised a bunch of hell and found him, and well, because he was getting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So he must have given his tax information, and they figured it out. Okay, so let's do this real quick. <laughs> yeah. So think about the fucking Watson brain you have to have had in 1990 mm-hmm. to try and find your kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like this is pre-internet. This mm-hmm. is the whole no social media, no nothing. Yeah. So when you, that scene where he cuts up his IDs and burns his social yeah. security card and all that stuff, like. It's a big fucking deal for someone to yeah. do that kind of thing, you know? You could never get away with that now, I feel like. You'd literally have to go to another part of the, You'd have to go to fucking Mongolia. Yeah. yeah. And just dig in for no, for no one to find you now, right. you know? Yeah, in 1991, 92, you could, you could do it. Yeah. Not easily, but you could just go off the grid. And, for sure. You know, if you wanted to not be found. So, question for each of you. Amanda... Yeah. Or whoever wants to go first. And then I'll think about it while you guys are answering. But and did you relate to Chris's character? And what was the main way you, if so, what was the main way you felt like you related to his character? Well, there was, uh, I was actually kind of inspired. Like it was, not that I want to go off for the rest of my sure. life. But I was like, <laughs> I kind of want to just go hiking or, you know, just go camping for a few days and just get away yeah. from my phone yeah. and, like, not worry about money. And there was a quote in the movie that he said, and he said, my days were more exciting when I was penniless. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man. It's kind of true. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's why yeah. I don't stress about money anymore. It's like I've been – I don't mean this in some bullshit kind of way, but, I mean, I'm a musician and not a music town. And that's what I'm doing to make my living, which means I can you know, pay my bills, mm-hmm. but I ain't got much more than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I used to worry about money so much and get so stressed out. And I, I don't mean like now I'm irresponsible and I just mean the reality is that I you, am so fortunate with how many family members I have and friends that I have and people that care about me. And that is the only reason I think why at least for a while, I never ended up homeless. Right. Right? I mean, yeah. and I just, and you don't take advantage of that, but well. you kind of know, like, okay, if this gamble fails and I really end up on my ass, I have people that can right. can give me a, you know, a hand to hold for a little I, bit while I get myself back together. I think we are, we are both responsible enough to get by. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, but that goes the whole thing. Like that quote that like stuck out to you mm-hmm. is it's so trite to say, but it doesn't, it's nice to have enough money to not be stressed about paying your bills, but there comes a point I feel like, and I've never made tons of money. So I guess I don't know, mm-hmm. but it seems like there might be a place for most people. Most people aren't, built to have tons of money and at some point it kind of breaks down and is diminishing returns and you become a super unhappy person it seems like Mm -hmm. to me so as i get older i'm less and less concerned about 
how much I ha- money I have past the point of being able to be responsible and yeah. you know, kind of take care of myself or mm-hmm. whatever. Now, did he, when he got paid for working uh, for Vince Vaughn, he got a check. Did he like keep that or did he give that away? Because I was under the impression that he got the check and then didn't he didn't spend it. Yeah, because it showed him wherever he was laying down and he looked at it. It yeah. was $1,108 yeah. check. Yeah, so that kind of blew my mind because I was thinking, oh, he's not giving up on the dream of living away and off the grid, but he does realize I got to make some money. That's what I was thinking. But then when he saw the check and he just like kind of like left it unsigned and uncashed, I was like, oh, man, he just did it for the experience of right. working of working on the that farm. Yeah. And I was like that's that's pretty cool. Right. Like that's part of his journey of just doing being off, you know, off the grid and just working on the land. Yeah. Not for money. Yeah. Just for the experience. I was like, "Oh man." Like, so like what's another Well, wait, let me go back and answer your question. <laughs> Hold on, I want to ask her something okay. else again real quick okay. before we leave her. So like Go more into that, like why that stuck out to you. I guess just because nowadays you, I mean, maybe it's because they are off the grid. We don't know where they are, Mm -hmm. but it's not common at all for a person to just be homeless on purpose and to want to just be in the wild like that. Like you, it's, we have so much technology now that it's like, why would you want that? So for him to like, just say like, I don't want that. Like I, I want to just be with all the animals and just see the nature and I don't need the money to make me happy. I just need the nature. Mm-hmm. That was like, that that was cool. Yeah. That you can find happiness without money. Yeah. But interesting too, that the like at least in the movie, the very thing that he last thing that he wrote down was that happiness yeah. is only real if it's shared. Right. Is that what he said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, he has a tear, which and I was just like, oh, no. was another brutal part because yeah. it kind of was him realizing like he went so far on this one kind of trip mm-hmm. that he realized that he missed out on the things that make all that important mm-hmm. on some level. Now yeah. he did share some of that time with the characters that they chose yeah. to, right. to put into the movie that he met along the way. So it's not like he died with this complete loneliness, mm-hmm. but, but it does give you this opportunity to almost, because most people don't have the chance to do that. Some people die however they die, and you don't get to know some of those most realis- recent realizations they've maybe made about their life because they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to be able to see someone that's so hell-bent on proving himself to people that can't even see what he's doing, right, his parents yeah. mainly, and then to be at the end of all that, like what it takes to be that extreme in what he did. Mm-hmm. Because while it's cool to go like, isn't that amazing? It is. And I like the philosophy behind it and the con- the concept is amazing and I love it. However, he died. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because he went so extreme with it, yeah. you know? Yeah. You, you kind of find yourself going through it going like, yeah, man, for someone like me anyway, yeah, I'm going to, I want to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And then as the movie goes on, you're like, you know what? 
I think I'm just going to find a cheap cabin <laughs> in the mountains somewhere for three days right. and go by myself exactly. yeah. and turn my phone off and yeah. let my family know I'm going to have it on from seven to eight every single night, yeah. checking messages, and yeah. you can call me. Other than that, I'll see you on Monday kind right. of thing. That might be the more responsible thing mm-hmm. to do since mm-hmm. I am a 41-year-old man, not 21 years old. <laughs> right. I have a kid. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I can't leave for a yeah. month or even two weeks without yeah. feeling like a total piece of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that kind of answers my, that's kind of my answer is that when I was 21, I totally related to him and why and what he wanted to do. But now as like a 44 year old, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I oh, know, dude. That's a young man's game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm too old exactly. for that shit. I'd be yeah. dead in a week. Exactly. But it's like, um, where's my eyes gone? <laughs> I think y'all sell jewels out here. I think, yeah. I think, um, I think he learned a lot from his interaction with. Well, I don't know what how Holbrook's name was. Franz or Friends, Mister Friends. Did you oh, what catch what his, his, name? his name? I think it was. It was something to do with Mister Friends. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. but I think. I think I think he learned a little bit from everybody, but I think that guy, that character, had the most impact on him. Um, More of a father figure in a way. Oh yeah, totally. And oh, I do how remember that in the book. I remember. That you remember character. that character? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. seems like it's kind of the like all the characters are important, of course. Yeah. You know, the two hippie, the hippie couple. Yeah. Like hugely important to yeah. the whole story and his yeah. life and all that. But I think the. But there's something about. How I think character. that line about happiness isn't real unless it's shared comes from hanging out with Mr. Friends and seeing that he was not happy mm-hmm. because of what happened to his, his wife and kid. And he lived his whole life at that point, which has been a long time because he was in the army when that happened. So, well, he, they were, yeah, they were both living self-imposed lives of exile right. in completely different ways. Yeah. Yep. I guess I should answer my own question. Yeah, did you did you relate to him or not relate to him, and why? Like absolutely, yeah. like a little too much. <laughs> Are you two you two gonna go off running off? No, the not at all. Like I said, like by the end of the movie, you kind of wake back yeah. up. And yeah, you know. Yeah. What I mean? I like, was, yeah, I was like, um, kind of want to. Like in the beginning, I'm like, that'd be so cool, you know, just throw my phone into the river yeah. and then towards the end I'm like eh, no <laughs> right I, I don't want to die <laughs> yeah yeah totally I think for me it's it's just interesting that I after all these years like Brad you and I were talking yesterday I think how I start thinking I love movies now that I've seen it this is like right up my fucking alley as far as a movie goes oh yeah Eddie Vedder did all the music mm-hmm. Sean Penn who I'm a fan of directed it and I've never seen it until 2019. Right. And just because I was doing a podcast episode. Right. And it could I don't know that it could have been at a better time in my life to see the movie. Right. right. Because it's it's dealing with a lot of the stuff that I am dealing with now, making that that kind of step around the corner from youth to Again, I ain't old yet, but right. I'm not. And you're in that weird in-between stage, I, yeah. or I am anyway, I feel. Like, I don't feel old, but I'm older, right. and I don't know what that means. And it 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 does change things, though. Like, I mm-hmm. do have to like, – you and I were talking last night, Amanda. It's mm-hmm. like, she's 19 years old. <laughs> I'm 41, 
And I'm at that weird spot where uh, when we talk, right, we're all hanging out mm-hmm. on the back porch. I do not think about our age difference yeah. at all. But then I have to re- remember, remind myself sometimes like, yeah, but you're the old guy now. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> and not like you sitting there thinking like terrible things about me or anything, but in your head as a 19 year old, just like when I was 19, it's like, oh, that's like an older guy. Right. That's an older yeah. person. Well, whatever, that's like, you know? you know, I go to these shows and the, the crowd is so much younger than right. me. And I feel like I'm one of them. Right. But then I get somehow a reflection back from them, and I'm like, "Oh, I am not one of them. Right. <laughs> I am not one of these kids." <laughs> but I watch that movie, and I, what I do feel attached to is the overall feeling of like I do feel like in some ways there have been people in my life that probably at the end of the day would kind of go like, "Will you just stop? Will you just like chill out and just like?" stay somewhere for a bit or like sit for a bit Mm. i'm like endlessly restless yeah you know what i mean like in the way that that person is i feel like every moment like sitting on my ass i feel guilty about it which is not healthy and it's not the right way to approach it i'm just saying it's always like i could be doing something right now i could be doing something right now i could be learning something right now i could be reading something right now i could be writing something right now but I'm just trying to figure out how to do it getting older and living in a truly different world than what I quote unquote grew up in because mm-hmm. it's changed so fast. Yeah. Fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. I hold the phone and I look at it and go, there's so many great things about this. I've learned so much because of this technology, right? If I'm bored, I can go outside in my backyard when it's nice outside and bring my little Bluetooth speaker and just watch like documentary shit and like it's all there. I can read articles about things, but it's also the thing that when I look at my screen time thing in my phone, it's like, that's why I took all the social media off my phone. Cause I'd look at it and be like, I don't remember spending, and it wasn't an inordinate amount of time, but it's like when you look and you see social media took up even an hour of your day, Mm -hmm. two hours of your day, you're like, what? I don't remember doing that. That means I'm just sitting there not even taking in what I'm looking at, just yeah. flicking. Yeah. Because it's uh, it's right there. It's in my hand and it's quick. Yeah. You know? It's such a simple distraction, but takes up so much. But the so ship is sailed. Right. Right? Like, yeah, you can totally be someone, and I don't knock it. I've thought about it. It goes to a flip phone or just kind of gets completely off the grid. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't judge. I can't do that, though. Like, I have to figure out how to – I guess I can. But hmm. – it connects me to too many positive things too, right. just to throw out because I don't have the discipline. Right. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? It's, it's like, it's really weird. It's extremely inconvenient now to, to not have a phone, to not right. use a phone or a, a smartphone. Yeah, it is. Ugh, I'm just not good at doing it. So I just stay away <laughs> from it. Yeah. Until I figure out what to do with it and people get mad at me and that's cool you know what i'm saying like <laughs> i'm not looking at you for any reason i'm saying it's everyone in my life you right. know it's like i don't know i just well that's usually like on sundays when we get on the phone before we start recording right i will go to my messages text messages and scroll back 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 to see what to to see like what i wanted to know from you throughout the week right and then i just start like Boom. Did you do this? Boom. Did you, did we need to email this person? Boom. Hey, did you get the, 
love you later song i said did you listen to that yet right. you know what i mean like and like i we that's when we get on the phone sundays that's when i get to you know get my text messages answered mm-hmm. yeah it's weird it's like i gotta learn it. i don't it do it well yeah you know what i mean yeah. i i i'm trying to use the technology to help me use the technology better right right so well i've, I've learned that I was looking at my screen time and I was trying to go down on it, but it was like four hours on YouTube, but I drive back and forth to Jackson yeah, me and too. I was using that to help me learn. Yeah. And so, so I don't count that in my yeah. time, by the way, yeah. you know, cause like my YouTube time is never like dumb cat videos. It's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But. but Instagram and stuff like that, like you made the point, like, and I, I started this morning, like, I want to record myself looking at my phone and like scrolling and seeing how many things that I actually like and then how many things that I'm actually just scrolling past and do a ratio right. of how many things that my brain actually wants to see. And it's going to be like 3% yeah. of like 100 posts, yeah. like 3 out of ten uh, out of 100 posts. And I'm just like... Well, you know the weird thing that I started noticing too before I decided to like delete these things off my phone at least for a while is that I started noticing people using it as if it's really part of my relationship with them. And what I mean by that is things like I realized that most of my time on all that stuff wasn't even, I wasn't even doing anything right. Like it gotten to the point, like I said, you're just scrolling through mm-hmm. and I was probably liking things that I didn't even, it was probably like, Oh, that's my friend mm-hmm. in real life. So I'm just going to like yeah. this post like all automatically, but I don't know what it is. But then they see that they that I liked the post yeah. and I saw it and they'll say it, they'll start talking to me. I'll see them two weeks later and they'll be like, "Oh yeah," and after blah 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 blah, I'm like, I, and they're talking like I know what they're saying. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't. What are you talking about? Well, I posted it on Instagram a couple weeks ago, yeah. and I'm gonna be like, okay, <laughs> but we're in the real world yeah. now, right. and I don't really get mad. I know I yeah. sound mad yeah. right now, but it's like, no. Yeah, I don't want to talk about a Facebook post in real life. I want to talk about. Real stuff. Like people subconscious. My point is, people subconsciously map it into how much, how much yeah. are you paying attention to me, yeah. and where does our value mm-hmm. in our friendship come from? Because you find these people that are that that again, everyone does what they want to do. But I guess kind of over. I it's like the oversharing sometimes in social yeah. media yeah. where it's like, man, like you need to. That's you need to talk to real people about that mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, share what you want, whatever, cool. But if we're really being realistic now, like this is super unhealthy. Yeah. And I just feel weird. (laughs) I feel weird about it, man. I just really am at a point where I don't, right now, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll stop my rant there. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't think that movie would make me think that. Again, like it's a good time for me to see this movie. I mean, the, the underlying theme of this movie is getting away from shit that does not matter to you like or shouldn't matter to you mm-hmm. in regular society you know yeah well that's the thing it's like but how do you explain that like I, i'll just continue losing, using myself as an example like okay you can make the argument man you can just stop and answer my fucking text right that's a totally valid argument right but uh I also just said about my personality is that I'm always going. I hate sitting there. So mm-hmm. the problem within that is that I'm usually 
whether it's in thought or mm-hmm. in physical, like I'm doing something and I see it and I go, that's not important right now. Right. But then sometimes because of the way I work, I might not get off work until one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, I'm not going to text this person at one o'clock in the morning. You don't want to be that guy that they always turn their phone off, but tonight they didn't. And I the wake what? them up at one o'clock. <laughs> you know, this is everything that goes through my head. Just about something like a text message right. or a comment on a social media that someone commented on my thing. So I got to write them back. But my whole thing is that, yes, I could find healthier like ways to interact and do that. And that's actually what I'm trying to do by pulling back. At the same time, you have to help me as someone that's in my life, if you are in my life, and realize that half the stuff that you're bitching about doesn't fucking mean anything. Mm. You're my friend. And next time we get to talk on the phone, whoever this person is in my life, or see each other in real life, I hope it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it to happen, but I don't give a hot fuck about the meme you just sent me. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether whether it has something to do with our relationship and friendship or not, I, you're probably not going to get a response from me for that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything, though. I probably looked at it, laughed, right, and then went back to mm-hmm. doing what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't have anything to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know I've what I mean? I have friends that will send me that, and then they'll... Uh, like see me in person later and said like did you even like get my text and I'm like yeah it was just a picture right <laughs> like what am I supposed <laughs> right. to say to that yeah totally so. anyway it's just you know not to be nitpicky about it but it does like the bigger point being that they made in the movie as well which is there has to be a balance to it mm-hmm. and my my instinct is to go the route of Chris Right. If I had to choose one, if you, if I had to choose between Hal and Chris, mm-hmm. Hal's character, whatever his name was, mm-hmm. Franz, friends, whatever, I'm picking Chris all day long. Yeah. Without a thought. But a lot of people pick the Hal route. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Because both people are doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they just look different. Yeah. And how it, you know, what their actions are. Yeah. One is escaping by removing himself the other one is escaping by hunkering down by in hiding. one spot yeah. by hiding exactly yeah yeah and the other one's running yeah. but they're doing the same thing and it's about that balance it seems mm-hmm. like you can't be completely all, all alone like that yeah we need other people mm-hmm. you don't need 50 other people like people think you do now. Yeah. It's a funny thing, man. I don't know about you. I mean, we've talked about this kind of stuff before. And for you being 19, and I don't mean that in a well, you little 19-year-old. I just mean like you literally have different years under your belt than we do. How all of that plays out into not only your own life and how you're healthy, but then the people that you're really actually close to and what, how, which path you take on that, it also has consequences on other people. Yeah. Even if you're doing the thing that you think is right for you, and might be right for you, you can do the right thing and hurt people too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's weird. This movie's a head fuck. Yeah. Yeah, we're going all over the place. That's good, though. <laughs> yeah. Music is a huge part of it, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two-minute songs make so I already liked them, but make so right. much more sense now in terms of picturing Eddie with an acoustic guitar or whatever, right. a banjo, a uke, and sitting in front of a, uh, some sort of screen watching these rough edits, right? you know, and putting himself into it that way. It's pretty fucking dope, man. Mm-hmm. 
it's a whole different skill set as a songwriter, you know. <laughs> Are we done with it? You got some notes there. I, I didn't got, take any I got notes. a couple different. I was just writing things. We can go through this real quick. Um, oh, one of the things I really liked was that they kind of showed Chris by himself as kind of a goofy, goofy yeah. guy. Yeah. I really liked that. I didn't expect that. that. I didn't either. But that was like super real mm. because I think everybody – when they're by themselves, yeah. truly by themselves, you kind of like yell out to the world or yell out, like talk to yourself, kind of say, say weird I things. I do it with people around me what? sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I, I say to myself, like, you realize you're saying all this out loud, right? right? You're not just <laughs> thinking it. The whole thing about his dad wanting to buy him a car and he's like, I don't want things. I don't want anything. You're like well, this car. I, I related to that. Yeah, part of his character totally. Too, for sure. Yeah. I don't want things like everyone wants things, but like the fact that he was so like mil not militant, but like I don't want things like I, in what that scene said to me was like what was unsaid was I don't want things. I want you guys to love me. Yeah. And that was another thing we were talking about this, like his parents were a part of this movie. Yeah. His, I want to know more parents, about that. His parents in real life were a part of the making of this movie. Right. And they are not shown in a good light no. at all. No. And that was really surprising to learn yeah. that they were part of. And like you said, I think maybe they had some sort of, what did you say, like epiphany? or Yeah, just kind of realization right. of what their, their thinking and, right. and lifestyle and selfishness and fear and that had pushed, done to their That kid. pushed him away. Yeah. That was something that really, because I watched this movie as a father. For sure. And like, Those are the most brutal parts yeah. for me. When William Hurt's characters just ends up in the street, right? I could because like I couldn't imagine not being able to know where Aiden was. I don't mean minute to minute, no, yeah. but I mean Jesus, a yeah. week. Yeah, I'd be a complete and total train wreck. Yeah, but like those parents, I know those parents exist. But that's sure. like the last thing, and I'm sure you're the same way. That's the last thing you want to do is fuck up your kids, and you're going to. Yeah. Without trying to. <laughs> Without trying to. But it, yeah, I do. Yeah, at least you can try not to. At least yeah. you can be as aware as aware as possible. I saw a meme and it was like a mother and father sitting on a couch with like a child. And it there's like thought bubbles above the parents. It says like, we are not going to fuck you up the way our parents fucked us up. And then the kid is saying, I'm fucked up for totally different things that you guys did. Yeah. And I'm just, that's like it. heartbreaking. Like... But you try, you just try not to. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to push th these two away from from me. Sure. You know? And uh, that was that was hopefully that that's what the realization they came to. Yeah. You know, and then and then put this story out for people to maybe learn from. Yeah. You know, just be nice to your kids. You but know, the hard but, thing too, though, is I I feel like a lot of times. Like I, this, here's Mr. Cynical and me coming out. Mm -hmm. I hear that, and for two seconds after you say it, I'm like, "God damn right!" You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but the reality too is, I think that people that watch a movie like this and get a movie like this, it's like preaching to the choir. Yeah, they're already the type of person yeah. I think that uh, kind of gets that yeah. idea, you know, and kind of on some level maybe puts into practice in their life. Yeah. Well, you don't really even need to watch the movie to. All you need to know is that he ran away and wanted to go away. That's not 
a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's people have different dreams, but you don't change your entire lifestyle to get away from the entire life that you had before. Something right. had to have happened that he was either unhappy and then kind of adding on to that point, he didn't want money. He didn't want any item, anything. He just wanted acceptance from the people and just he didn't get that. Right. And so he was finally like, I'm done. Well, he says yeah. at one point something to the effect of, I don't understand why people are so mean to each other. When he's talking to Vince Vaughn in the bar, that's a pretty heavy scene too because that is like Vince Vaughn is like the everyman right. telling him like, dude, dude, calm down. Like, you need to not <laughs> think about these things. Yeah. That's a rabbit yeah. hole. Which, yeah. But when he says like, I just don't understand why people are so mean to each other, that's another insight into – I have to get away from all this bullshit and mean people and my parents and, you know, and I can relate to that. We were talking about um, just we were talking about that kind of thing last yeah. night. I don't want to get into it well, now, I'm, but like I don't understand why people are are so mean to each other. And, you know, we 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 went to a concert yesterday and met some really cool people. And, like, it's so much better just when everyone's being nice to each other. And that's not some, like, hippy-dippy, like, yeah, man, just love everyone. But no, like, when if they true. come up to it's, you it is show true. and say, what's your name? It was so nice to just talk to you. And thank you for just being there for me. Like, yeah. just a simple gesture can sure. change somebody's evening. Well, something happened to me. I won't name any names because these are amazing people, and this is a normal thing that people do, but this is how I fit into that category as far as feeling a connection to that character when he started talking about that. So, like, recently this thing happened where I was in public with some people that I'm really, you know, close with, friends with, all that stuff, great people. Uh, We're in this line that was kind of moving through and we were kind of towards the end of it and then there was just like one or two people behind me but it was kind of dark and I hadn't really been paying attention and I happened to turn around and because I didn't realize anyone was behind me and I saw this older guy and older I mean I would guess like 55 60 so not old but older than me you know what I mean gray hair you know probably there with grandkids kind of thing and uh and I kind of noticed him in my peripheral vision. So then didn't want to be that guy that's like, <laughs> you know, like cocks your head around real right. quick and looks straight at you or whatever. So I just kind of kept acting like I was looking around. And I noticed that as you got towards, like like you were looking towards him, he started slowly putting his head down. And then about the time you could be looking right at him, he's doing this and walking. And then as I slowly keep He's looking, head down. acting like I'm looking around. Yeah, sorry. He puts his head down yeah. with his hands over his, uh, like his eyebrows or yeah. whatever. And then as I turn my head away from him, he starts bringing back up and takes his hand away. And so I was like, uh, did I just see that? Was it just like coincidence? And so I kind of like waited a minute and then just nonchalantly kind of started look, looking around because <laughs> what we were doing, that would be a normal thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Started looking around and he started doing it again. And then one by one, a couple of people that were with me, now keep in mind, he's not that far behind right. me. He's probably five feet behind me or something. Start noticing it and start coming up and be like, do you see that? Do you notice that? That's so weird. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not bagging on these people, which is why I'm not using their names. But it was just interesting to me because my first thought when I realized what he was doing was like, I felt heartbroken because something's not right. That's yeah. either psychological, it's from trauma, it's it's not normal. And to right. me, it was just like, man, what is it like going, whatever that is, what's it like going through your life living like that? Yeah. Like, how long has he been like that? And why just me even turning in his general direction would he do that? You yeah. know what I mean? And to me, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> because you're for whatever reason, you're completely closed off from the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, if a family member walked up to him, he didn't budge. Right. Right? But if I turned around or anyone in my group or anyone else that was there turned around, he was just like kind of coward and put his head down and kept walking. Yeah. And that's my point. I'm not better than the people that I'm not naming. That is not the point of my story. The point is that that is – super real for me my go-to when i see that is like fuck and you wish you could help him right but you're not going to be the guy that just walks up to someone who obviously has some sort of social issue right and whatever you're probably not helping the situation but you do want to take everyone else and be like fucking be nice right you're weird too yeah you're just not that kind of weird right you're a different kind of weird yeah you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. And I'm not mad at the people. Right. I'm just like, I don't understand why that's your go-to. Yeah. Why is your go-to not like, I'm going to keep my eye on that guy and make sure he doesn't right. need help. Yeah. At first, I didn't know he had family there with him. It looked like he was by himself. Yeah. Right? Like, why is that not your first go-to? And yeah. I know I'm gonna. we're probably going to get mail and like, you naive fucking, right. you know, <laughs> that's not the way the world works. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. Well, but, I've been... I've been the other person i've been the like you see someone and you snicker or make fun of them in your head or with your friends when i was younger right and as i've gotten older you know now i am like i try to be the person that's like empathetic towards them like what are they going through right to make make this situation basic level of compassion yeah yeah like being able to just for a second put yourself in someone else's shoes in a given situation well i mean that brings up (laughs) this concert we went to we were right up front and i get a tap on the shoulder and i turn and there's a a a woman that i i guess she's paraplegic i think is the right term um and her brother and they she wanted to be up front and for a split second i'm like oh now I got to deal with this. And and I know that's horrible to say. But in the next instant I was like, "Wait, dude, like don't don't be an asshole. This person That's the difference. This person yeah. is in a totally different situation and you can help her experience yeah, exactly. this concert. And yes. and we did like the rest of the night. We were you know, taking care of her. Basically. Be a fucking human being. Right, exactly. <laughs> to the other thought. human but beings around But 20 years you. ago, I yeah. might have been like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Like that. And I, I hate that I was that person before. Sure. You know, but. One of my first thoughts was just like, I, I would never be able to just have the courage to just do that. And I, I wish that I had the courage in myself to just say, like, hey, you are awesome because you had the courage to come up here. Like, yeah. this show is not 
Oh, it was intense. Or not going to be simple. It's going to be crazy. And she knew that. And she still wanted to try to get through it. She wanted to see this band. And she knew the words. She was Mm -hmm. singing along. And it was was cool. Yeah. I remember me and my buddy, uh, a really good friend of mine at the time, back when Ani DeFranco was kind of new. So I was in, like, high school, I guess, something like that. Or... Early college, I think it was probably more accurate. And she had gotten kind of big and just playing tons of shows, like theaters and all this stuff. And so uh, I was a really big fan. Went to see her at this outdoor venue here in Birmingham. And uh, we got there early, just us and all the lesbians. You know what I mean? Me and my my straight friend and just a sea of just fucking awesome lesbians. Like hippie lesbians, like... Dainty, les- like right. every kind of lesbian was there. Right. It was awesome. And everyone's like trying to get their spot. And I didn't want rail or whatever, but I wanted to be up close. I want to see her play guitar because I was so fascinated with how she played guitar, her voice, the whole deal. And we got there early and these, you know, people started filing in more. And we had made friends with this older lesbian couple. Now, when I say older, I mean, we were like 19 and they were like 40. Right. <laughs> right? right. That's what I mean by older. Yeah. Uh, older to me and we got, started talking they were super cool and whatever we're just hanging out like mm-hmm. you guys are talking about that's the yeah. beauty of these yeah. shows sometimes yeah. right and then these more you know militant people i don't even know how to describe it mm-hmm. they we were the enemy it was obvious like mm-hmm. one of the few times in my life maybe the only time where like i don't know it's not beneficial to be a white straight man right <laughs> you know what i mean was yeah. this situation just with these couple people right, right? and they basically kind of like shut like worked us out of this spot we had been there for like hours mm. and we had moved up closer is what had happened eventually from that lesbian couple that we were talking to right and they were kind of watching us i guess and i didn't know this and we were trying not to be the asshole aggro dudes, right. but at the same time, like, fuck you. <laughs> I want to see this show, which is where I got here hours ago. Yeah. So back off. Yeah. And before either of us could even say anything, those two, one of those two women came marching their ass over here. And it was like, because this is a different time then, yeah. right? Which is why I was trying to be sensitive. Yeah. Number one, to be sensitive. Number two, to not get like, painted as some <laughs> lesbian hater right right that's coming to fuck up the the ani defranco lesbian right, show right, right? <laughs> um and she chewed their asses out it was like the older wiser lesbian teaching the new young dipshit <laughs> lesbian that was 17 years old that yeah. was fucking with us trying to get us out of our seats yeah. like this is not how you fucking do it as a human being but we get shit anyway you are not helping us right now yeah. it was part of that conversation mm-hmm. too and it felt so good for someone to just like stand up for you yeah. for no other reason than they like me. They've known me for 20 minutes. Yeah. They got a whatever vibe we got from each other. And they decided to fucking say something as small as where, you know, I mean, I understand this is not a big deal, <laughs> yeah. right? Like where we were sitting. It yeah. is a big but deal. But the point is be fucking human. Yeah. yeah. We're all that. It's yeah. not that fucking dis- difficult. Yeah. God, I can't wait for the mail on this one. <laughs> Should we wrap it up? I, yeah, I think I would end with saying that I, I uh, even though I might not today, I wish I had 
like, you know, one-tenth of the balls that this guy had to go and do it, to go and get away and be, like, so focused on getting, you know, getting away from everyone sure. and living just completely off the grid. And another thing that another misconception is that I don't think he was meaning to live the rest of his life no. out in the wilderness. Right. He just wanted to get away and have that experience and then come back. Cause he made allusions to coming back uh, to a couple different people mm-hmm. you and know? writing a book and yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, incredible, intense, heavy, film yeah it's amazing for me i guess to wrap up would be i don't know how you wrap that whole thing up but yeah it's a lot it wasn't his death wasn't sad to me because at least he died doing it Mm -hmm. even if it was a stupid fuck up at the end or whatever it's all like i want to go out going for something you know yeah that's not as sad to me yeah and I feel like he went out doing something. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real reasons, for genuine reasons, for not for self-adulation, like most people mm-hmm. build their lives around wanting that. It was yeah. the opposite of, like... I kind of disagree <clears throat> just a little bit. Just cool. because he was so close. And he, you know, he had that book right. of the berries and he was literally looking at the berries with that book mm-hmm. in the hand yeah and it still it it still killed him and so it's like he it's like it just i don't know i like get this that. story just mm-hmm. gets to me because he was so close to finishing out his journey and going back and See, he now just you're didn't. making me rethink my answer because <laughs> then you start so, you do you start yeah. thinking like well what would he have brought to the the world after the fact yeah and everything yeah. that he learned well, i guess he's already done that but on the one hand it is it's it's a tragic way that it's a tragic it's the the way he died is a tragedy but it, but again he went out doing mm-hmm. what he wanted you know you and get killed you get killed walking your doggy <laughs> exactly <laughs> so you know that's if I was to die last night at that concert, like I would want everyone to be like, well, if you're gonna die, sure. I was at a concert, fucking absolutely going nuts yep. with my daughter. You know what I mean? Like that. It's sad. It'd be sad to die at this age, and like I still have responsibilities, but everyone's gonna die sometime. And if that was to happen there, I'm not too upset about that right you know yeah absolutely well i'm sure we could talk about this for another two hours yeah (laughs) but we won't do that to everybody uh i can't wait to hear actually what hear what you know everyone thinks about this conversation that'll be interesting to hear other people's viewpoints as well so if you want to email us as always single podcast theory at gmail.com you can Get to us on the socials, and if you'd like to support the show, as always, patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com, slash single podcast theory. Huge thanks to our special guest this week, Amanda Blazik. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, and fun. thank you for just chilling out and watching a movie. Oh, like, yeah. That was fun. Just, <laughs> I like, you know, I know that we were doing it for the podcast, sure. but still, it was cool to just chill out nice. and watch a movie. I need to do so. that kind of thing more often, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. All right, we'll be back. Until next week, I'm Brad Lyons. I'm Amanda Blazek. 
And I'm Brad Blazek saying, if you want something in life, reach out and grab it. Boom. Peace. Yeah. Later. Yeah.